What must I do to be saved? In other words, I want this Spirit of God. I want this presence of God. I want this God who will deliver you in the midnight hours, in your darkest time. I want to know this person. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. In other words, God, let every part of my being bless you and honor you and glorify you. And that's what I've entitled the message this morning. I'm, I've entitled it Radical Praise. Amen. Because there's things that happen in the spirit realm when we praise God in the natural. The scripture starts with Luke, the 19th chapter, and starting in the 28th verse. Now, let me give you a setting for this scripture. What had just happened is that Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead, and this was coming to the conclusion of his ministry. The Lord had, had done many miracles of healing for the, for the people, and the people had saw this. And so in this particular scripture, in verse 28 says, when he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, go into the, into the village opposite you, whereas you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he has said. But as they were loosening the colt, the owners of it said to them, why are you loosening the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus. They threw their own clothes on the colt and sat Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So what we hear, see in this scripture is a praise and worship service that was divinely appointed by God. Amen. This is a, a moment in time that God says, we're going to have a worship service right here and now. And it says that when Jesus came in, into Jerusalem, that the people lifted up their voice. It says that they began to praise God and to worship him with a loud voice. I would have to imagine if you've got a multitude of people and they're worshiping and praising God, that this was a very noisy event, amen. So we, we have a crowd praising and worshiping God. They had seen the mighty works. They had seen the healings. They saw Lazarus raised from the dead. They saw demons cast out. The blind were able to see, and the lame were able to walk. And so they were giving God praise and honor and glory. But then the next scripture says, and some of the Pharisees called to them from the crowd, and they said, teacher, rebuke your disciples. 
Amen. And this is, this is just a point I wanted to bring out here. Is oftentimes, this was the religious crowd. All this praise and worship was making them nervous. They didn't like all this noise. They didn't, they didn't think that this was necessary because they did not see the value in what was going on that day. And, and so it goes on to say, but he answered and said to them, I tell you that if I should keep silent, these stones would immediately cry out. Why? Because the presence of God was so mighty in that place. God said, we're going to have a worship service. And the presence of the Lord was there. And they began worshiping and praising God. And when the religious people didn't like it, Jesus said, if these people are quiet, the very stones are going to cry out. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it, it was a worship service that was ordained by God. Matthew 3, 9, it says, And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. If the Lord had to, he would have took those stones and raised up seed to Abraham of a group of people that would worship and praise God. So we're going to talk about some things that happen in the spirit realm when we worship, when we lift up our voices and begin to give God all the praise and honor and glory. So one of the things that happens is that it totally confuses the enemy. And I love this. I think if there's no other reason to worship God, this would be a good reason right here is that it totally confuses the enemy. And this scripture comes from Judges, the seventh chapter in verse 19. And it talks about Gideon. And we know just prior to this event, Gideon had several thousand people that he was going against this army. And the Lord kept saying, no, you've got too many people. And so he kept breaking it down and breaking it down and breaking it down till Gideon ended up with just 300 men to go out against this huge army. And so verse 19 says, So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pictures that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the, blew the trumpets and broke the pictures. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried out, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. They heard Gideon's army. Amen. They heard him blowing the trumpets and crying out the sword of the Lord and for, and, and for Gideon. And it says that this army, they ran, they cried out, and they fled before Gideon. When the 300 men blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth Acadia towards Zerah as far as the border of Abel Mahana by Tabath. So what we learn from this scripture is when Gideon and the 300 men that were with him began to worship God, began to praise God, hallelujah, that the enemy became so confused that they began to fight against themselves, they began to kill each other, and they began to flee before the army 
of Gideon. So it confuses the enemy. And I can tell you, it especially confuses him when he thinks he has you down for the count. Amen. When, when, when there's things going on in your life that you don't understand, that, that's not the time to give in, but that's the time to lift up your voice and to begin to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because I can promise you, there's nothing you face in this life that God cannot handle. There is no problem that we have that is bigger than the God that we serve. I mean, you could be facing home foreclosures. Your children have strayed too far, or you're facing a sickness that is terminal, and, and the enemy thinks, well, I've got you now. I've, I've taken that child. I've, I've taken your finances. I've taken your home. Amen. I've, I've, you're sick, and so there's no hope for you. Hallelujah, but that's the time that that we need to lift up our voices and begin to worship God and totally confuse the hands of the enemy, especially when he thinks he has you down for the count. Amen. So that, that is one thing that happens. Another thing that happens when we worship God is that chains are broken. Now, you may be, be in some type of bondage. It may be something that you're dealing with. It, it could be a circumstance in your life. It's, it may be just something that you just need the Lord to free you from. But our praise and worship will break the chains of bondage. And bring salvation to the house. And this comes from Acts, the 16th chapter and the 20th verse. And this talks about Paul and Silas. They had been uh, preaching the word of God and they had cast out this demon. And all of a sudden, the, the uh, magistrates uh, have thrown them into the prison. And so in verse 20, it says, And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they, read, and they teach customs which are, not, which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they drew them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas was praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So what we find out in the scriptures when things were the darkest, it says at midnight that, that Paul and Silas, instead of having a pity party, instead of, instead of saying, you know, look what happened to us. We were doing everything right. We, we were preaching the gospel, casting out demons, and now look what has happened to us. How could God let this happen to us? But that's not what they did. They had every reason to be, to be d depressed and to be distraught. But this, and it says at midnight, instead of, being, instead of crying, oh, woe is me, it says they were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Amen. You, you can rest assured when you're going through stuff, there's people that are watching you. And God sends us through things because the trying of our faith is much more precious than gold that perishes in the, in the eyes of God. So when God sends us through stuff, I can promise you that people are watching your life. People are listening to what you see and what you say and what you do. But it says suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and 
everyone's chains was loosed. I don't know about you, but I think that would be an awesome praise and worship service right there. That sounds like some wonderful, radical praise. God, when I have no reason to praise you, when everything seems the darkest, I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to worship you with oh, my soul, with all that is within me. I'm going to praise and I'm going to worship you, Lord. And I'm going to lift you up. And it says, because they did this at everyone's bands was loose. The anointing and the presence of God that is on the inside of you is not just for you, but it is for those also who come in contact with you. Sometimes we need to be delivered. Sometimes we need the chains and the bondage in our life broken. But we also need to have not just enough for ourselves, but for those who are around us that their bondage and their chains will be broken by the anointing and by the spirit of the living God. It says in the keeper of the prison, awakening from his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called to him with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. And when he called for a light, he ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out, saying, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Amen. Hallelujah. It doesn't say that Paul preached a salvation sermon in this jailhouse, and I believe in a salvation sermon, but what Paul did, he lived those scriptures. He showed them that he showed this prisoner, this jailer, and all these people the living God that he served, that the God that he served, you know, you might go through some stuff, but the God that he served was able to deliver him out of everything. So this jailer says, what must I do to be saved? In other words, I want this spirit of God. I want this presence of God. I want this God who will deliver you in the midnight hours, in your darkest time. I want to know this person, hallelujah, because they were all listening and watching Paul and Silas and what they did. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is a promise from God. He says, you will be saved and your household. So if you have children, if you have parents, if you have family members that you're believing God to save them, you can hold on to the promises of God and say, Lord, this scripture says that I not just I can be saved, but that my household could be saved. Those that I love and those that are precious to me can be saved it says and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house and they took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and immediately he and all his family was baptized now when when he had brought them into his house he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household that I tell you what that is a reason to rejoice right there amen so that's, that's another thing that happens. We, we begin to praise and to lift up our voices and to worship God. Another thing that happens in the spirit realm is that our faith is strengthened. Amen. Our faith is strengthened. In Romans 4 and 16, it says, Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, 
who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him in who he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. But it says contrary to hope in hope believed. In other words, in the natural, Abraham no, had no reason to hope. He had no reason to hope. He was 100 years old, and, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So in the natural, for them to have a child, this was impossible. But it says, in contrary to hope, in hope, he believed. He, he hoped and he believed in the promise of God. And so he believed in what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider, he did not dwell on his own body, already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, our mind is telling us all these reasons, and we have all this negativity going on as to why this scripture won't come to pass, or the reasoning why we won't receive this promise. So what we need to do during those times when you have the attack of the enemy going on is just begin to lift up your voice and say, God, I love you. I thank you that your promises are true. God, I worship you. Lord, I lift you up. I thank you for fulfilling this promise in my life. Lord, you are bigger than anything that I face. And I give you praise and honor and glory. And as you begin to give God glory, that says that your faith would be strengthened because something happens when you begin to speak the word of God out of your mouth it goes into your ears and it goes down into your spirit and it causes that faith on the inside of you to to be ignited and to arise hallelujah so it's important if you want your faith strengthened it's important that you begin to give God glory your mouth needs to be verbalizing the word of God and your ears need to hear it so that your faith is strengthened in God Verse 21 says, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Amen. I firmly believe that sometimes God brings us to a low point in our life. God brings us into circumstances where it's impossible. Just like with Gideon, it would have been impossible in the natural to, to defeat that huge army with just 300 men. In the situation with Abraham and Sarah, in the natural, it was impossible. So sometimes God brings us down to those impossible situations so that we can, so that God God gets all the glory. We won't be able to say, look what I did in my own strength. Look what I did with my own ability. But when things seem impossible or when they are impossible in the natural and God brings you through it, then he gets all the glory. And we have to say, look and see what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Number four, the presence of God is manifested. I don't know about you, but I believe if there wasn't any other reason to lift up my voice and worship God than this, that would be, that would be all the reason I would need is that the presence of God is manifested. Matthew 
18 and 19 says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Hallelujah. We're talking about agreement, coming together in agreement. One can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So, so there's, there's power in agreement. Amen. And then it goes on to say, in Psalms 22 and 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. Hallelujah. I, I know there's many times you're going through things and you just want the presence of God. You need God to intervene into what you're going through. And those are times we can lift up our voice and we can begin to praise God and just say, God, I give you praise and glory. Your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people and I believe according to your word God that you're inhabiting this place right now it doesn't matter whether I feel it or not amen it doesn't matter whether I see it or not it doesn't matter whether I see the circumstances change at this moment or not but according to your word if I lift up my voice if I begin to worship you if I begin to praise you that your word says that you will inhabit those praises and we can begin to praise and honor and glory glorify God because God's word is true hallelujah in second chronicles in chapter 7 verse 1 it talks about um, Solomon dedicating the temple of God and it says when when Solomon had finished praying fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple and the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, his mercy endures forever. Amen. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Lord, you are good. Your mercy is everlasting. Your truth endures to all generations. Amen. God will always have a people. God will always have a remnant on the earth and his mercy endures forever. Psalm 16, 11, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Now we're talking about radical praise. We're talking about getting loud with our praise, amen. We're talking about lifting up our voices, amen. And scripture teaches us that, that the, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. There is no greater joy than when we enter into the presence of God. Now, I, I know that we, we talk about joy. We talk about a, a feeling, something that's exuberant on the inside of us. And I understand that we walk by faith and not by feelings, but praise God sometimes. Hallelujah. When we enter into the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And finally, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you need strength, amen, whatever you're, you're needing God to intervene in your life, you need bondage broken, hallelujah, you need your faith strength, and just begin to lift your voice and begin to worship and praise the King of kings and Lord of lords, amen. God bless you. We pray it was a blessing to you today, amen.